Hey, I'm Johanna Wagstaff. And hi there, I'm Rohit Joseph. And we're asking for 10 minutes of your day to go through the 10 things that the UN recommends we can all do when it comes to climate change. Please don't leave. No. And also the things (laughs) aren't new. We are just wired to not do them. We promise you to help you figure out your brains and you and your people can make better choices to combat climate change. 10 Minutes to Save the Planet is available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Now or Never, the show that celebrates what it takes to try and reminds you that you are never alone when you do. I am Ifi Chiwetelu. And I'm Trevor Deneen. And you know, there's one topic, Ifi, that's been coming up a lot in conversation among friends of mine these days, and that is, what is making your relationship strong? What's keeping your relationship hot? Trevor, first of all, I am honored that you are coming to me for my wisdom. You know, married people do not come to their single friends enough for this. I have a few suggestions. Mm-hmm. Tickling. Okay? <laughs> hear me out. Lots and lots of tickling. Ify, Start Ify, at I, the feet. Yeah. I, would, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Really, I truly would. Uh, one day. But right now, I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to look to learn from people who have a few years of experience under their belt. Whatever. <laughs> Right now, June McKay is wheeling down the hallway of a care home trying to catch up to her husband, T.A., who is just a bit faster in his wheelchair. We're rolling down the hill. (laughs) T.A. and June are both in their 90s and have been married for more than 60 years after meeting at a dance in the 1950s. A friend was going out with his cousin, and his cousin says, you've got to meet my cousin. I was single at... So uh, every Saturday night I was at the Legion dancing. Oh, he was pretty handsome. Still got his hair at 90. He worries about that though. I think for heaven's sake, you're 90. He was a good looking man. June is looking good. <laughs> I think that might be part of their success, just keeping the compliments coming. Not just that, they've never had a fight, even through the challenges that life brings. Oh, you know, everything was fine, except for maybe a year ago, he went to get some bananas in the winter and fell down and broke his hip. And then he just got home from the hospital when I fell down and broke my hip. That's a pickle wound. No, I can't look after him. So that's why we're in here, to get me walking again and to be able to look after him. If not, it's care homes, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how many care homes take couples. We have to figure something out. June and T.A. are hoping no matter where they end up that they can keep living together. The secret to keeping their relationship strong? Staying close real close. It would help if you just had a, a double bed. <laughs> because it would keep you close together. <laughs> we just thought it matter. He got a double bed when we got married. And it was big enough for us. My husband wouldn't argue with me. <laughs> no, we've had the odd time we raised our voice to each other, but... And he would just say, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't think never arguing was even possible 
but I'm glad it, it works for them. I'm arguing with my wife on text right now as we do the show. <laughs> well, you're doing it wrong. You need to do it in a double bed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there is no single solution to keeping your relationship hot. So today, we have scoured the country and asked all sorts of personal questions in search of real-life, real-time advice from real couples on how to keep your relationship strong and sizzling. We do have shared laundry, so that's the one thing that, mm -hmm. that's in your space, so I'm often sneaking in there to, to get that done. Mm -hmm. We also meet up in the laundry room sometimes, because it's like one of the only, well, it, it, the door locks, <laughs> and nobody ever bothers us in there. <laughs> I like laundry. <laughs> and I just grabbed her, and then I just kissed her. It, that was that. Yeah. And she got she was hooked after that. It, it that's true because <laughs> nobody kissed me like she kissed me and I felt like it was like 10 minutes and my knees were like done and I was holding on to her that much because I thought I was going to like go to the floor. When you're home and you're sad and you're depressed and you're not you're not you don't see a check at the end of the day for all the hard work that you put into your life. I tried writing her a check once for for the services <laughs> that didn't go well. Did not Trevor, work. don't do that. This is now or never. Things are about to get hot. You'll thank us later. <laughs> Get ready to cue the tea lights, pour in the essential oils, and bring in a charcuterie platter of sumptuous fruit. Because on a chilly night in Prince George, BC, this couple who are in their 40s is turning up the heat, stripping off their clothes, and running a hot bath. Too hot, just like our love. <laughs> I'm Rez Krebs. And I'm Amelia Merrick. And uh, we're having a bath on a Thursday night. Because we're in love. The amazing thing about this bathtub is we can both sit at opposite ends, look at each other, touch each other's legs, like look deep into our eyes, have a conversation while touching in the warm, hot, hot water. I'm sweating. <laughs> it can get pretty steamy at Rez and Amelia's place. They've been keeping their love simmering ever since they met online seven years ago. There was an instant connection between the two, and not only did Amelia end up giving Rez her heart, she gave him something else as well. Uh, Rez is my first and only sexual partner. Uh, so at the age of 39, he uh, he got yeah, my V-card. You comfortable with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a Baptist uh, community, a Baptist faith community, um, and I also grew up in a family where sexual addiction was uh, part of growing up. Um, and as a result of that, I did not have sex, and I was actually quite terrified of sex. And I was quite terrified of relationships as well. I didn't talk about my sexuality for a very good long time. I remember playing a drinking game once in my 30s and there came a question about sex and I was mortified. It was like it was the most one of the most embarrassing moments of my life um, when I 
had to admit within a group that I was a virgin. Like I just felt so different and so embarrassed by that. And I had a lot of hurt in my life because I wasn't having sex or wasn't being desired, right? Like as women were taught that our worth is whether or not we're being desired. And I wasn't being desired. And so I I had a there was there was shame about that and um there was a lot of hurt that I experienced so it's an interesting thing like talking about those days and it brings back some of those raw emotions it's quite it it is quite vulnerable um I think it's important to talk about because I think there's a whole lot of people out there who um, question who they are because whether or not they're having sex and we're so sex is part of us but we are so much more than just our sexual lives as well and so you know if there are more people who um, know it's okay if you're not having sex if you're asexual if you don't desire to have sex for whatever reason that you're okay like I, I just want that to be known that it's fine to not be having a ton of sex or any sex. When I was about 36, I finally decided I didn't want to be alone for the rest of my life. Um, I did want to discover this thing called love and went on a big therapy journey uh, to understand what it meant to be someone who had grown up with addiction. I learned a lot about that and I worked with an amazing therapist who helped me understand that I could be in love, I could love and I could be sexual and it was pretty magical and I'm so glad that that is the journey I get to share with Rez, that he is the one that, he is the only person who has been worthy of that journey for me in my life. Yeah, having had sex, it's the most magical thing and it's also the most normal thing. Like that's the thing that was so crazy to me when I finally started having sex. It's like, it's it's the thing that as humans we are made to do and yet it's the most spiritual and profound thing all at the same time. It's both, both like human and amazing. I don't have that opinion of sex because I've been having sex since I was a teenager. <laughs> has no like I like doing it. It has nothing to do with some spiritual journey for me. <laughs> it's like it's very, yeah, very different. Uh, I appreciate your perspective on it, mm-hmm. but it's not something that I share. She was into it, man. <laughs> it didn't mean it didn't mean that I had to be some somehow like extra gentle and I'm going to take you to a place you've never been before. (laughs) I was ready, man. I was so excited to, and it was really important for me that like, um, when I did finally have sex, that the person I was having sex with knew that I was a virgin. And, um, just the way that Rez handled that with such maturity and wisdom and care and love, even though it was very, very soon into our relationship. Um, For that first two years, I think we had sex extremely regularly. I have a camper van that I used to drive to her work. And we would take her up. Breaks. Have sex breaks. Lunchtime. She's a hot one. Hot woman, old I tell woman, you. A hot old, woman. A hot old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I call her a hot old lady all the time. <laughs> I would say, if you're not getting good sex, talk about it. Part of it is about um, increasing, I think, novelty just in the bedroom and like getting breaking out of your habits. And that's what, for instance, the 
advent calendar does for us. I have a Christmas advent calendar that I made and for each of the 24 days before Christmas it's a different sexual pose and um, it's kind of inspiring. I like that one especially because it's nearly Christmas. So they are very creative poses. We're in our 40s. We've tried many of them. Mo I would every say every single one of them. I would say most of them are impossible. Uh, but they're a nice inspiration, <laughs> right? In the holiday season, it's a lovely thing to have a little rum and eggnog in the evening and open up the next, uh, you know, the next the little little door on your advent calendar and see that oh, this one involves me standing on my head, uh, <laughs> and let's see if we can do this before I pass out. <laughs> Do you happen to know by chance, Evie, if they have like, you know, a couple extra of those calendars? Just like, I'm asking for a friend. That's all. Just. <laughs> I think you have to join them in the bathtub to get your own. <laughs> you know, as much as it would be nice to just dive into a bath together to keep your relationship cooking, there are couples who don't have the luxury of sharing a bathroom or a living room or a kitchen or even a bedroom. But where there's a will, there's always a way. We'll send each other cute little texts or whatever, or like I'll like if I'm feeling really disconnected, then then I'll be like, we need a laundry meetup, laundry room meetup, ASAP. So one one of the things we do share is I make coffee, and so every morning I bring Shelly coffee before the kids are awake. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for the coffee. Love you. So there's a physical interaction. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a touch point in a way of like connecting first thing in the morning. Like sometimes a week flies by and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you. Like I miss you. And, and then, but then we just, then we start planning for our week together. At the end of the week, when the kids uh, go back to their other parents' houses, we haven't seen each other. We haven't shared a bed. We're ready to hang out. We're ready to reconnect. Coming up a little later in the show, Find out how one couple keeps it hot by keeping things separate. Today on Now or Never, we are getting in between couples to find out how they are finding passion in their relationships. And Trevor RuPaul, as you know, obviously, says on every episode of Drag Race, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. Sorry, I got into it. I got into it. <laughs> no, you were right on cue. And that saying could not be more true for this next couple. Girl, I don't know who told you this wasn't yummy, this wasn't fine, this wasn't sexy, but they lied to you. When you follow body image activist Michelle Osborne online, you're going to hear a whole lot of this. They lied to you because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Someone's going to take all of this and eat it up. Michelle is a 40-something-year-old plus-size black woman who often stands in front of her mirror in her underwear, unleashing compliments to herself. As long as you like you, as long as you appreciate you, as long as you're doing well, that's all that matters, baby. My online platform is very like, I'm talking to my girlfriend, so I don't put any face on. Um, it's all about body liberation and, and I'm just very open and raw with it. So, and you know, and I show up half naked sometimes. 
Martine Dogazon was not one of Michelle's 21,000 followers. She was a healthcare worker in Montreal early in the pandemic, looking for escape and inspiration when a friend reposted one of Michelle's videos. So I just click randomly on it. And the video was, um, you know what we're not gonna do today? We're not gonna talk about the, our weight. We're not gonna complain first thing in the morning about how fat we are, about how our arms are jiggly, about how big our stomachs are, about our legs and the cellulite and the stretch marks. We're not gonna do that today. Instead, today we are gonna be grateful. And it was like, why is she talking to me? And I was like, who is she? So I went into her page and that's when I started following her. And like, I went through all her videos and stuff and it got me interested. I was not looking for love at all. Like it was just really, I'm looking for people outside my regular circle and mostly new black people. Um, I was looking for uh, new black friends because my circle was white my friends are white so I was like oh here's an interesting person so let me be friends if she wants because I never thought that she would respond you know when the people with the platforms and then you write and then nobody answers that was that and one day she answered I responded to her with a voice message and she was taken aback she was like I was dancing in my condo I was like oh she she voiced out. Oh my god! Oh my god! The star answered. <laughs> okay she has a big following maybe she can hook me up with a couple of girls because like there's a lot of female following her and so i described my type and she's like it's definitely not wasn't me, me. <laughs> i was so happily single and enjoying my solitude and for someone to to interrupt my solitude, you have to be really special. And I was the absolute opposite of her type. And then we started talking on the phone somehow. And it was really just a friendship that started turning into flirtation, that started to turn into, oh, maybe, hmm, maybe she could be my type after a while. And I was like, I like this person, but I don't know why I like this person. <laughs> like this person is so different, but like, I don't want to stop talking to her. It was that type of feeling. Her type was the sporty, usually thinner type. And that's why she had some apprehension. And my thing was my partners are usually very mask presenting and she looked quite feminine in her pictures. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure about this. And so that's why after we had these really good conversations, we realized that our connection was way beyond that. And that's when we decided to, to meet in person and she drove to my house in a snowstorm. Yeah, almost died. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see for the first hours, like <laughs> driving. And I bought her favorite food from Montreal, Jamaican food. Like I went all over the city to get whatever she, she liked. So I brought her favorite food wine, everything. And I just grabbed her and then I just kissed her. It, that was that. Yeah. And she got, she was hooked after that. It, it, that's true because <laughs> nobody kissed me like she kissed me and I felt like it was like 10 minutes and my knees were like done and I was holding on to her that much because I thought I was gonna like go to the floor. And, and what did you, what was your first thought? Tell the truth. 
oh, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with this one tonight. Like, we're not waiting. Like, why are we waiting? I'm like 40 something years old. I'm not like, you know, like tonight. Because at the beginning, I was like, we're gonna take it slow. Yeah. You no, know, whatever. And then as soon as she kissed me, she's like, we're not taking anything slow. Tonight is the night. <laughs> I think I stayed the week. Yeah, she stayed. <laughs> Our first date was almost seven days long, literally. They needed all of those seven days because for the first year of their relationship, Michelle and Martine were long distance. So three hour long virtual dates became their regular thing. Luckily, it has helped them develop their superpower as a couple. Good communication. Very early on, I asked her what her love language was because I made that mistake in our past, in my past relationships anyways, not knowing how my partner wanted to be loved because I always assumed they wanted to be loved like how I wanted to be loved, uh, which is not the case for many couples. So when I asked her what her love language was and we talked about it, then it became really intentional for both of us to love each other the way we wanted to be loved. Uh, mine are acts of service and words of affirmation. My love languages. And my love languages is quality time and touch. Yeah, physical touch. Yeah. So when I say acts of service, um, it really means, you know, she helps me with my daughter, with homework, with if I'm working, you know, she'll keep her entertained. And she's probably my biggest supporter. Like, she'll be like, just keep going, just keep doing it. You know, I've been in relationships in the past before where they were just like, I don't know why you're doing this. And there was no encouragement. And so this is the first person I've been with who really encourages me to go for my dreams and is like, you know, if you need me to back you up, I'm here to back you up in, in every sense of the word. And so those things are really, really important to me. Yeah, it's true. You turn me, she turned me into her manager. Like I'm a videographer. Manager, assistant, videographer. Um, I'm there on the floor taking the pictures, <laughs> Instagram pictures. Like, okay. Well, you know whatever. when you date a content creator, it's just part of the contract. There's no way out of it. In May of this year, Martine packed up her life in Montreal and headed to Quebec City to move in with Michelle and her six-year-old daughter. And we had a lot of discussion about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I had some concern about my place and the dynamic. Um, like, where do I fit in? I expressed my fears to her. Um, and and, and we, we talked it through, basically. Mm -hmm. You helped me navigate. Uh, um, and, and that's why I have a good relationship with her daughter. Um, yeah, you know, she's leaving everything behind that she's yeah. ever known. It was also an adjustment for me. When you get in the same space, it's a whole different ball game. So we had to, and we are still relearning how to communicate differently because, you know, say we got in a disagreement, but she lived in Montreal, she could go and take her time. And, yeah. but now that we're in the same space, it's not the same. So learning how to go through that is, has been really, um, interesting, I think. Yeah. yeah. Martine and Michelle recently got engaged while on vacation in Jamaica. And right now, they are getting ready to spend their first holiday season living together by sharing a few words of affirmation. I love your strength. I love 
your resilience. I love you as a mother. I love how kind and giving you are. I love your commitment to us. I love your commitment to us. I love you. I love you. I really have to tell my wife I love her. (laughs) Trevor, I love love. Listening to them, I'm just so moved by what it takes to find love, to feel deserving of receiving love. I'm just a mess over here. This is Now or Never. I'm Ipi Chibwetelu. And I'm Trevor Deneen. And today we're doing a bit of relationship rescuing. Because every couple goes through its ups and downs. Allegedly. So look (laughs) on social media. You might think that some of these couples have no problems at all. Mm -hmm. Which is why every time I'm scrolling through, I just think, fake. You're lying. That can't be true. That's not you all the time. (laughs) I am so suspicious. Yes. But then you come across a couple who has captured the attention of over 10 million people on TikTok by doing what we should all be doing more of. And that is laughing, smiling, and you know, teasing each other relentlessly. Day two of 612, (laughs) making things of tomato. (laughs) Today we are making tomato cake. You can see a nice batter being formed no. to make tomato cake. And sauce. Oh, tomato sauce, yes, like yesterday. More sauce. Butter chicken. Butter chicken sauce for the person that's vegetarian. Very good. Very good. We have reached our limits, people. We are cooking for meals we cannot even consume. That's what happens when you have too much tomatoes. Hi, I'm Sheena Malwani, and I'm here with my husband, the real Indian dad. Hello. We, what do we do? Sweetheart, you, why don't you tell everyone what we do? You cause commotion and chaos for the benefit of other people. (laughs) This was something that was reserved for a personal life and you decided to take it to the next level. That's right. And the fact that people can laugh with us is a reason to keep going. This is us in a nutshell. (laughs) So if you are hungry and you want to bring chickens to dip in this butter sauce, we'll meet you outside. You can come, dip your food, eat it, and go. If someone's there, please bring me something that's not tomato-based because I'm bloody dying here of hunger. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Please come soon. Sheena and her husband, who goes by the moniker The Real Indian Dad and uses a cartoon emoji to cover his face, have amassed such a huge following the last three years on TikTok, and it's all because they found a way to laugh with each other as much as possible. I mean, that's just the way we've always been. We like to make each other happy. We like to make each other laugh. It's how we, it's probably our love language. Um, And I have heard over the last few years, like, your laugh, your laugh, your laugh. She's been trained. She's a McGill grad in laughter, Trevor. She went through the (laughs) music program to heighten that pitch. I did train my voice, not my laughter, but my voice. Trid, what does making Sheena laugh give you? Joy. It lightens our house. So there are different dynamics, right, in every house. We have two kids. Trevor, I know you have two kids, so you might resonate with some of this. And I grew up in a house where we, we kept things light, you know, financially, stress, 
family issues. Everyone has all those things. But we kept things light. And ultimately, that laughter around the dinner table was something that me, my siblings, my parents, we all sort of took away, right? Everyone's in their own world right now. And but that's something that each of us continue to value. When when he says light and laughing around the dinner table, like he, they make people spit out their water. They're Who doesn't that do hard. that? Like... If, if you haven't made someone spit out their drink, if you're not holding your golden comment until someone's just filled their mouth with water, you're not, you're not playing the game right. right. So it's always been fun for me to see the joy it brings to my kids, to my wife. And if there's something funny going on, you know, around us, I've always looked to try and highlight that. No reason I can think of why you would use this. I'm just trying something new. It's a mermaid curler. Yes, because mermaids have electricity in the water. <laughs> so they plug this in. And bloody, that's what happened to the bottom half. Just a girl <laughs> trying like to curl her hair in the water and boom, next thing you know, mermaids were invented. <laughs> Is this so we never set out to make videos. Like this is not, we, we, we had no desire. We were not on social media. There was no attempt. I, I didn't grow up saying, oh, I want to create a cartoon emoji and make an acronym. Like that was all, <laughs> it just happened. When the two had their first child, Sheena stepped away from being a singer to focus on being a stay-at-home mom. But a six-month mat leave turned into years at home, raising both of their kids. Then, during the pandemic, as she was struggling to find herself, she set up her camera for an online concert. And that's when life just kind of happened. That first video was actually caught just off guard. Like he didn't even realize that I was filming. We happened to be filming and he was just doing what he does naturally, which is make me laugh. She was trying to record and then she was singing the song. And uh, it was J.P. Sachs, who's Canadian as well. It was his, if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? If the world was ending, you'd come over, right? And, and then I heard the lyrics, and I'm like, that's absolutely the dumbest thing I've heard. <laughs> like, if the world is ending, you're not going to find some girl you're dating. Like, call your mom, <laughs> call your religious priest of choice. Like, just make, make right for all the crap you've done in your life. Don't go trying to chase somebody else. That's how you ended up here in the first place. <laughs> And I didn't know she was filming. Hey, no boys allowed. And then she put a video up and she said, you know, Indian dads be like. And that's when the the whole character was born and um Essentially, our lives changed that day. This was a huge moment for me because I felt empowered in a way uh, that, that I could stand on my own two feet. When you're home and you're sad and you're depressed and you're not earned, you don't see a check at the end of the day for all the hard work that you put into your life. I tried writing her a check once for, for the services <laughs> that didn't go well. Did not Trevor, work. don't do that. Today, the influencer deletes the app store from her <laughs> iPad and then... And then doesn't know where to go to download the app. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, just hit the button. Maybe maybe just open other apps and ask them. His intention is never to like make fun of me. He's just making fun of or making light of the situation. It's never directed in a malicious way. Um, and so the best answer for me is to join the fun. Like laugh about it. 
Have you had moments where you're like, no, 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 not put that away. Not now at this time. Oh, 100 percent. 100. When you're just too mad or you're like, sometimes I get so irritated. I'm like, I just took off my full face of makeup. Why couldn't you do this 30 seconds ago? Um, I'm going to give you a big secret. When when you're scrolling and you see a rerun of a video, it's because we're we're humans and we're calling each other names. You shouldn't be calling each other on social media. Not talking to each other. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's like, you're not, you're not always in the mood, right? You're like, like anything else. You're like, no, I don't want to do this. So we respect that. And then nothing goes up, might not go up for two days, three days, who knows. But then a moment will pass where, you know, I'm blessed to have a partner who does so many ridiculous things in a 24 hour span <laughs> that it's just the, the, the content is just always there. You just need the voice to capture it. Is there a, is there anything you can't joke about? I don't think there's anything you shouldn't joke about personally, like I, within your family, right? Like why, if you're not trying to hurt anyone, like the, the outcome ultimately of the laugh is to, to make you feel better. I think it can be hard when you're in a relationship and you, you have kids and family and work and everything going on. You forget about having fun and making each other laugh. Like what's, what's your best advice for staying in this kind of playful space in your relationship? Obviously, as you grow older and you get more stressed and work and this and that and ch children come in, you lose some of these things. But I think that you have to have fun together and everything else kind of falls into place. Ultimately, for the greater good, it's not worth the fight. None of it's worth the fight, you know? So it's like, am I going to fight about some reservation that was messed up or it's just not worth it? And we all go through cycles where you're just not in a good mood and all kidding aside, that's your number one responsibility, right? In a relationship to, to try to make sure your partner is, is dealing with whatever they're dealing with, with whatever support you can provide. And if you start with that, the rest of it just flows. And it helps when you throw a dad joke in every now and then. 100%. 100%. Have <laughs> you ever seen the neighbor's chickens do this? What? All those chickens, they laid eggs. Look at that one chicken in the back. He's counting the eggs, separating them. What? Must be the math of a chicken. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's too early for this! I used that joke on my son, and he loved it. <laughs> I bet. If you want to see more of them laughing and joking, we have videos over on our CBC Now or Never Facebook page. I am Ify. Uh, bring the fire back, Chiwetel. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Trevor. Uh, hot and heavy to name. Is that, <laughs> that sound weird? It works for me. Okay, well, today on Now or Never, we're learning some relationship hacks from couples who have figured out how to keep things fresh. <laughs> and I am always fascinated how people are able to do that when they are around each other all the time. Do I have commitment issues? Maybe a little bit, but <laughs> I think the point stands. Yes, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, though. It truly is work. Well, Shelly Hunt and Peter Verge, they just might be onto something. They've been together for years and live under the same roof, but when they're getting ready to go out on a date, it goes like this. We'll get ready separately. I'll come around to the side of the house, go knock out the back at Shelly's door, and it just adds, you know, when you're getting ready together and 
are you almost ready? And like, you know, on the like, toilet, <laughs> yeah. brushing your teeth, like, that That just kind of, like, there's a little bit of mystery, like, he doesn't know what I'm going to wear, right? Yeah. So it just, like, it adds to that, that mystery piece that makes it exciting. And, like, I'll have, like, a little bit of nervous butterflies before he comes and gets me. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. For the past five years, Peter and Shelly have been living in separate suites in the same house. Peter and his three kids are on the top floor. Shelly and her two kids live on the main floor. They have separate entryways, kitchens, bedrooms, everything, except... We do have shared laundry, so that's the one thing that, mm -hmm. that's in your space. So I'm often sneaking in there to, to get that done. Mm -hmm. We also meet up in the laundry room sometimes because it's like one of the only, well, it, it, the door locks <laughs> and nobody ever bothers us in there. <laughs> I like laundry. <laughs> oh man, if our kids hear this, they're going to be never do laundry ever again and then they'll have reason. <laughs> we don't allow our kids to listen to the radio, don't worry. <laughs> Pete and Shelly's kids, five in total, between the ages of six and 16, are the reason they first decided to live this way. But they've discovered some other unexpected benefits of keeping separate homes. So what happened originally was I was looking to purchase a home and as was Shelly. And uh, after going through a separation and digging myself out of some debt, uh, I realized I was only gonna qualify for like $250,000, which in Penticton doesn't get you very far. And we sat down and said, what if we did this together? What if we bought a place and we lived separately together? And we had only been dating for a few months. Um, we've known each other for a long time. So it's not, it wasn't like we were strangers, but um, that just felt too soon to purchase property together. And then, but then we were like, actually, this is probably the perfect setup. My kids are almost 16 and 13. And so um, you just become so aware that there's only there's only so much time left and, and so much time to build that relationship. The things we do together are a little bit different. So it, it just really provides that one-to-one -one time that we can focus on our own kids. I, I think it also impacts the role that we take in each other's kids' lives. So I'm not really a stepmom. Like my role actually looks and feels a little bit more like a grandparent because I'm not responsible for the day to day. Like uh, there, there are times I don't even know who has dance in Peter's family because I'm not responsible for any of that. I'm just responsible for, for my kids and, and vice versa. And so we just really get to be, you know, I took Peter's daughter to the Taylor Swift movie, you know, and so I get to do stuff like that. It's really, really fun. Um, all the kids have two parents, involved parents. So they don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, taking over in any way or or trying to control them. It's re it's really nice. And the same thing with like housework. I'm responsible for my space. Peter's responsible for his. Like there's just no expectations. Um, and I think expectations lead to resentment. And then that's why people's um, love life lives go go sour and stale. I think. All take out the garbage or something and, and it's like oh thank you so much that's really like that's I know garbage taking out the garbage isn't romantic um but when you do those little things you know shoveling the snow for each other or whatever it might be you really notice it versus if you live together it's just a part of what you do living in the same space well 
send each other cute little texts or whatever or like I'll like if I'm feeling really disconnected then then I'll be like we need a laundry meetup laundry room meetup ASAP so one one of the things we do share is I make coffee and so every morning I bring Shelly coffee before the kids are awake good morning <laughs> thanks for the coffee love you so there's a, a physical interaction. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a touch point in a way of like connecting first thing in the morning. Like sometimes a week flies by and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you. Like I miss you. And, and then, but then we just, then we start planning for our week together. At the end of the week, when the kids uh, go back to their other parents' houses, we haven't seen each other. We haven't shared a bed. We're ready to hang out. We're ready to reconnect. I don't know. It's like absence makes the heart grow fonder really is true for our situation might not be for everybody right like we are single parents but we're not single yeah that's hard that's a lot of work and of course having another set of hands would be super beneficial but that's just not the way things kind of played out and i'm I'm really happy with that the traditional way of doing things hasn't worked for so many people yeah traditions and you gotta grow up and get married and or have this kids means and this like, this yeah, means like, you're not happy or this means it doesn't mean anything and we're not telling people to live like this we're just telling people to encourage trying to encourage people to maybe think of differently so yeah talk about things and and have fun with it too it's so yeah. fun it's so fun yeah it's still it's still so hot so i feel like we have the key but i don't know which I don't know which key is working the most because there's just so many things that are aligned. But if you sign up for our course, <laughs> you can... Um... We don't have time to teach a course. <laughs> we don't have time. For three easy payments of $1.99, <laughs> we can get you into your... There is one tip that Shelly and Peter are sharing with you for free, and that is when you're out on a date, just pretend you're strangers. And that is so much fun. I didn't know we were sharing this I know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go like too far into the details of it, but it is so fun to meet again. And sometimes we're even totally ourselves and the answers to the questions are things we already know about each other, but it's from a lens of like having just met for the first time. And you also have to fully commit. Like it takes a lot of vulnerability and trust. Both of you have to fully commit to the whole thing. Otherwise you're just going to lose it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's super fun. It's super fun. Yeah. You know, Evie, we spent this entire episode sharing tips and tricks to keeping it hot in your relationship, but there is also a flip side to that, and that is what cools things down? The romance killers. Yes. What stops things from even getting started? Yeah. In my home, nail biting. Hmm. I bite my nails, my wife hates it, especially if she sees a nail somewhere on the ground somewhere. My goodness, that's grounds for divorce. You know what? I support her fully because if I see like a piece of floss or one of those like nail floss things hanging around, just anything that spent time in your mouth now occupying my space, I I would rather you just have bad teeth. (laughs) Truthfully. Well, we asked on our Facebook, what are the instant (laughs) turnoffs in your relationship? And people chimed in. 
Yeah, Cindy Bauer said, talking about money. That's it. Even the conversation just shuts things down. Laura Jansen, she says her husband has a toothpick habit that drives her nuts. So again, the mouse stuff. Michael Wick says, nothing on but black socks. No! Which I just have more questions about. Like, yes. do white socks work? Purple socks? Like, what's going on? We have a list of way more turnoffs over on our CBC Now or Never Facebook page. So head over there, check them out, and, you know, add to it. And then share with the person in your life that needs to see it. Stop. Stop doing it. One thing that wasn't mentioned on that list, but I know is almost guaranteed to cool things down in a relationship, and that is having kids. What's wrong, sweetheart? What do you want to eat? Those are the very non-romantic sounds that Toronto couple Dominique Rasso and Josh Rourke have been hearing a lot of since becoming first-time parents to their adorable two-year-old daughter, Stella. Finding time for Dom and Josh to be alone together now takes a lot of planning, which even then is no guarantee that things won't go wrong. We had this whole date night planned when the Barbie movie came out. We were like very excited. I got his VIP tickets. This was our first date night for a very long time. Like planned out a couple of weeks in advance. <laughs> we like, were going to go yeah. for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but then my mom was supposed to watch Stella and she had something pop up that was an emergency. So she couldn't do it. And then we found a baby. So we're like, oh, we can maybe salvage it. But then I ended up getting a stomach flu that day. <laughs> so in the end, of course. We, we didn't end we up spent the night doing at it. home. <laughs> Like, if it was pre-Stella, we wouldn't have thought anything of it. We would have just been like, oh, we'll go tomorrow. But uh, because we had planned it for so long, it was like, ah, it's a bit of a letdown. Dom and Josh have recovered, and they are ready to try again. I love that we're having, like, this time together. Uh, Does this count as a date? (laughs) I mean, this is probably the most time we've spent together for a while. (laughs) No, this is the the extent of our dates right now. Just... (laughs) Casual time in the living room. This is where the magic happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, take me to the the before times. How would you have described your relationship, your activities together as a couple before having a kid? Huh. So. (laughs) I love that side. Yeah, I know. So not a crazy amount has changed, but everything has changed. I mean, before Stella, we would do a lot of things together, just like constant companionship. We'd go for a lot of walks, walks yeah. different areas around our neighborhood, looking at the different houses, going to like some of the local stores around us. If there was any new restaurants or bars that popped up, we would like to just go in, have a bite to eat, go for a drink. I would say nothing like pre-planned or formal, just very casual. Pretty much every day we'd get out and walk at least once. We're now, uh, you know, not so much where it's just two of us out for a stroll. (laughs) Well, it's hard, too, because even when we try to go for a walk with our daughter, Stella, who's two years, she's never really loved the stroller. So we could go for maybe like a 10, 15 minute walk. Yeah. But she'll start getting fussy Mm. because she wants to be picked up and get at the stroller. And, you know, she wants (laughs) this or that. And it's all about her. How much of a surprise is the realities of how your relationship has changed with parenthood like how how much of a shock is it I honestly didn't think it was going to be 
we'd have to revolve our lives so much around Stella. I kind of thought, oh, we can just live our lives. We can go yeah. for our long walks and she'll just be there and she'll just sit in her stroller. Like we were aware how it would change our lives, but I don't think we really focused on how it would change our relationship and the dynamic. She's our primary, you know, she takes all of our attention. When we do talk to each other, it's like, oh, Stella did something really cute today, or <laughs> Stella needs this, or daycare needs more socks, or so <laughs> it's always talking about Stella in one way or another. And it's just a lot of trying to organize ourselves around Stella and her schedule. I was going to say, even when we do carve out time for ourselves, Stella's always at the forefront, like, okay, so who's watching Stella? Is Stella yeah. coming with us? So yeah, even when we are thinking of ourselves, Stella is coming first. Like you have to have a lot more intention yes. for each other. Yes. And what, what for you, what is the, the fear of not making that a priority? I guess I just worry that the longer we go without really being intentional about our relationship, we start to get disconnected and we almost become like ships passing in the night because Josh's work schedule, he works nights and I work during the days. So if we aren't intentional with it, we could just kind of slip into a roommate sort of routine. Mm -hmm. In the past, I've been very work focused and I think Stella has made me want to spend more time with the family, you know, so yeah. that's been a positive. How, like what lengths? have you had to go to to try and find that time just for the two of you it's been hard really because like we have to always ask my mom to do the babysitting so we don't want to take advantage of her yeah we very recently got a babysitter Ooh. yeah <laughs> so that's been exciting yeah. so we've only had her a few times we keep saying okay what are we gonna do we gotta go on a date night we gotta yeah. but you know other things pop up so it's like oh we need her for this i have a work christmas party we really have to be intentional about like when we have her because you know also it can get expensive but that being said I think we've realized like okay we need to invest in ourselves in our relationship and it, it's worth the money and the time if if that's yeah. what we need to do to be able to spend time together again well this makes me that much more excited that there is a date night coming this weekend yeah. <laughs> it's What's actually a date it's a date afternoon yeah date Okay. Early evening, okay. we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, we did have to plan it a little bit around Stella's schedule. But yeah. what we're going to do, we're getting a babysitter to come from three to six. And we're just going to walk around our area like we used to. So yeah. we're going to walk down to St. Clair in and around some of our old neighborhoods that we like to explore. Grab a bite to eat. Yeah, grab an early dinner. And yeah, just very casual the way it used to be you know just Aww. walking and enjoying each other's company so I love that yeah. I just wonder when you haven't had a date night and you've had times where you planned it and it hasn't gone well is there any extra pressure when you finally do like do you feel like it has to be a happy time we have to connect we have to feel good <laughs> through it and after that's a really good point because you don't want to it's there's so few and far between well, now i feel pressure for sunday we can't get into a fight <laughs> can't get bring up any hot button issues no for for me anyway luckily spending time with you i don't feel pressure it's always been kind of natural so like i i trust that if we just have ourselves a normal time we'll have a great time it's, it's honestly those little moments that used to bring me so much joy and, and that mm -hmm. I found the biggest change from when we became parents. 
I, I am appreciating just how much the limited time you have together, there are probably a range of things to talk about and to get into from like hot button things, stressful things to just connecting. So finding like the appropriate time to make all of those things happen and hang on to some romantic energy is, is work. <laughs> It yeah. Is. yeah we'll see how romantic the energy yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> sparks may fly the sparks Ooh. may fly <laughs> between I'm, three I'm, and I'm, six between three and six <laughs> we'll be home by sundown yeah yeah um, i find it best to schedule sparks yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. sparks <laughs> between <laughs> set hours <laughs> yeah can you call us and maybe leave a voicemail when you're on your date just to let us know that you actually did it? And oh, yeah, yeah for sure. It'll give us I'm something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Dominique and Josh. We're calling from our date night. Yeah, we're just on a nice little Italian spot on St. Clair. It's been amazing to have actually a meal with a, a toddler sort of clawing at our ankles or reaching for our food as we go to put it in the mouth. Probably our first meal where we've both been at the table the whole time, just reconnecting. I was really, really tired today. And I was like, oh, it'd be so nice to just like lay on our couch all night. Yeah. But I'm, I'm in the same mode. I wasn't, I was tired all day. Since we left the house, it's been great. Yeah, so. I feel renewed sense of energy. Maybe that's the romantic energy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you could say that. <laughs> have pulled together all the tips and tricks from the couples on this episode sharing how they keep things hot and we are sharing that with you on our website cbc.ca slash now or never where you can also see pictures of them all Thanks to our team of producers who helped put the show together this week. Bridget Forbes, Sarah Tate, Betsy Trumpner, Katie Swales, and Tanera McLean. I'm Trevor Deneen. And I am Ipi Chiwetelu. Take care, everyone. Keep it hot. Keep it spicy. And spicy. <laughs> For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.